Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you again this week. Uh, exciting to be back in the Book of Mormon. Uh, I've just loved the last couple of weeks, been uh, studying and, and talking with my colleagues and uh, with a friend of mine today uh, at uh, Centennial High School, my, where my own children go to school, um, uh, with uh, Brother Aaron Smith. Brother, welcome. Thank you very much. It's good to have you with us. I'm happy to be here. So uh, before we jump in, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us how long you've been with SNI, how long you've, uh, SNI, for those that don't know that, is seminary and institute. Um, just family, just give us a, who are you? Well, <laughs> I might, I, I might be one of the old guys now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of summers ago, we took a picture and everybody lined up. Oh, by age? By age, or how long they've been in it. True. And I, I thought, why am I on the far side of this line? <laughs> No, I, uh, I am from here. I grew up in the valley. I, I was a little kid. I was on the other side of town, the, uh, the east side of town over by Timberline. Mm -hmm. And um, my parents moved out in, in 85 out here to Meridian. And that's, that's re Meridian's really it for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I grew up here. I went to Meridian High School. And... Um, did all the, the high school sports at Meridian, and uh, track went well. Track paid for college. I hmm. uh, went to Boise State. Cool. So, What did you do track? Uh, I ran the hurdles. Oh, yeah. The high hurdles and the intermediate hurdles, and then they'd, they'd throw you in a relay sure. uh, when they needed you. And, and that was great. It was fun. It was, it was being a collegiate athlete is... Tough and and fun, yeah. really tough. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but but um, it was a great experience, and and so this valley is my world. Cool. Uh, my wife is from here. Mm -hmm. I first laid eyes on her at an institute kickoff fireside, mm -hmm. and we met in the library. Really? At the Boise Institute, I put the moves on her. Wow, that library nobody goes into. So that, well, back then maybe people went. Back in. then yeah. there was books or yeah. whatever those were, you know, <laughs> studying or something. But but yeah, in fact, every time I go into that building, I peek in there. And I'm like, right there, the right at that table. <laughs> and and she's you know she's from here. She went to Capitol, and so we're locals. Cool. Have kids? Yep, I got. Three boys, and a daughter-in-law now. Yeah. Uh, my oldest, Jacob, uh, just got married this summer to Elizabeth Ingersoll, mm -hmm. formerly Ingersoll. Mm -hmm. So she's she's also from here. Yep. Which makes that fun. Her dad was in state presidency for a while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and she's a centennial graduate yeah. as yeah. well. I taught her. And then uh, oh, that's right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Carson um, is actually a student teacher right now for seminaries and institutes. He's out at Owyhee. Yeah. And yeah, he's uh, a rock star. It'll be fun to see him. Oh yeah. So you'll be on one end of the, that line, and he'll be on the other end of the line. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That'd that's be fun. right. That'd be fun. And that's been an interesting experience. You know, he comes home some days. He's like, "This is the coolest thing ever." Yeah. And then some days he comes home. He's like, "Oh, this is a really tough day." Yeah. I'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go, to my buddy. Life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then Hunter is our youngest. Uh, Hunter also graduated from Rocky. Hunter's got some adaptive needs, which yep. is a really sweet blessing, which has kind of got me some exposure to the Net Adaptive Needs program. Sure. He loves music. He loves people. Yeah. Sweet as can be. See him at the Institute pretty regularly, taking classes down there. Loves, yeah, loves being at the Institute, and uh, you'll bump into him sooner or later. Yeah. And, and when you do, he'll be your best friend. Well, I'm just grateful to be with you, and uh, you're a staple here in the Valley, and we're grateful for your leadership and, and mentorship in a lot of ways, and, and uh, looking forward to our conversation today with you. So, let's jump in. We are uh, going to be in First Nephi 16 to 22, and there's so much. There's there, so much we could cover. Yeah, you could have given me something simple. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, with that, where, where do we want to start? Well, I think we just jump into 16, probably, but... But is there context? Is there anything background you want to give us? Anything that well, uh, we should know? Yeah, in 16, they've, they've probably been out in the wilderness for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they've been out far enough where they need some help. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> um, gosh, they've, they've been married now. Nephi mentions that quickly. But in verse 10 of chapter 16, one morning they open up the tent door and there's a round ball of curious workmanship. Mm-hmm. And then we get introduced to the Liahona. Yeah. So they must be out far enough where this is new territory for them. Yeah. And it's probably a signal that you're going to go a little further yeah. still. You're not done. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, you got... And, and, and of course, they quickly find out that it only works when they are righteous and sure. faithful. This, this has always fascinated me. Um, not only how the Liahona works, mm-hmm. but it's an actual physical object yeah, from heaven. Up. <laughs> so who made it? Yeah. How did it get there? Is there some workshop up in heaven? Mm-hmm. It's got to have the coolest tools. Yeah, I was just actually thinking that at... at uh... In in Second Nephi chapter five, when Nephi's talking about separating from his his siblings, he says, "I Nephi also brought the records which were engraved upon the plates, and also the ball or compass which was prepared for my father by the hand of the Lord." Oh. Cool, right? Which <laughs> literally, I mean, if we took it literal, yeah, Christ is a carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's he's a. Uh, you know, an engraver, a coppersmith, a, yeah. a, 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 a metal metallurgist, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So I like. Gosh, does does the Lord still, from time to time, like make, oh, make stuff? Yeah, I can make this. That would <laughs> sure. be great. Sure, would he love does. that. You know, that's an interesting correlation too. I've I've read that uh, there are some thoughts that Nephi and maybe his father, his family were 
metallurgists and, and maybe into that. And that's why they were so skilled at making brass things or, or iron things, tools and bows and all kinds of stuff. Yes, yeah, and, and, and we'll get into that here in a minute. You know, he has no hesitation to put things together. Yeah. And, and appreciates workmanship. Yeah. I kind of wonder when you wake up that morning and you get outside the tent and you're looking at the ball, if you're Nephi, you're seeing that ball as a pretty cool thing. Yeah. If you're Laman and Lemuel and those that are following them, that, that ball might mean some different things, right? That, that oh, man, we got more to do. We're not done. We're, and, and we're going to keep walking into the wilderness and we're going to look at this ball. <laughs> Yeah, you know? compasses probably weren't a thing at the time. I mean, like, no. that wasn't like a, oh, that's a compass. No, that's like, I think the equivalent would be you and I going on a road trip with a magic eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Should I turn here? Like, do I turn here? It is likely. <laughs> it is likely. Answers point to yes. <laughs> Ask again later. Yeah. It's, and so there's, that does bring up the level of faith for all of them. Sure. That they are going to rely on this this fiscal object, which is a messenger. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I'm certain Lehi and Nephi have no problem with that. Laban and Lemuel, it's a, they, they may look at it as another, oh, here we another go. thing we got to deal well, with. Well, it, it ties me back to another thought that I had just a little earlier in the chapter. If we go back to the very first few verses, Nephi's just expounding on how, yeah, they got married, <laughs> but they're still having problems. Laman and Lemuel are still complaining. They're still... Um, you know, not sure what they're doing. And in verse two, it came to pass that I said unto them, I knew that I had spoken hard things against the, the wicked, according to the truth. This is a verse that, that, that I think members of the church uh, misquote often. The very end of this, it says, wherefore the guilty taketh the truth to be hard, for it cutteth them to the very center. And and because he had used the word wicked before in the, in the verse, yes. and the chapter heading uses the wicked take the truth to be hard. And remember, the chapter headings are written by us, uh, the modern day you know, transcribers of these types of things and putting it together. But Nephi's actual words are the guilty take it the truth to be hard, for it cutteth them to the very center. I think I'm guilty all the time. I don't think I'm wicked. Um, I make, maybe make wicked choices. But, but being guilty is the thing that makes me feel cut. And, yeah. uh, and, and like I'm being attacked, maybe. Um, and, and I think I'm just thinking about Nephi and seeing that ball and Laman and Lemuel and, and how, you know, Nephi and Lehi would have been excited and like, yeah, okay, this is how this works. Let's learn how this works. And, mm -hmm. oh, we're not being righteous. It's not working. And, and uh. that, that idea that identif look, look inward and identify yourself's behavior indicates that the spirit's not with you, that the ball's not working, that you're not being directed. That's a very self-reflective and honest way to be. And I don't know that Laman and Lemuel were that way. And so every time that ball stopped working, I just see in my head them rolling their eyes like, oh man, it's, it's me again, or whatever, yep. right? Feeling yep. cut and qu cut to the quick. And I just think that's kind of an interesting correlation in there. I, I agree. I, I think that now... Layman and Lemuel have to deal with a little faith meter. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Can you imagine if you had that in your life? Yes. Yeah, like you looked at it and, okay. and you know, it gave you a score of how you were doing. Exactly. That's a hard pill to swallow. And maybe that's where the guilt is like, oh, all right. Yeah. I'm, at a, I'm at a three. Yeah. 
You know, would Nephi's you even, at a nine would, and a half. Yeah, no kidding. Would you even get out of bed? <laughs> if you're, if you're have the, you have to hold the ball and it's like not working, I may as well stay in bed. Right? And, but at the same time, to those motivated, I mean, if you're motivated by numbers at all, yeah. you're like, ah, yesterday, the, you know, when I looked at the ball, the, the ball told me, hey, Lemuel, <laughs> yeah. your, your faith score is at a two. Yeah, sure. Some people might go, all right, well, oh, I can do some I'm going to get a three today. Yeah, right. You know, so, and, and maybe it's a, a subtle invitation to use this. Yeah, yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. I think there's, a, there's some interesting verses in this chapter about how it worked, 28 and 29. Uh-huh. Came to pass that I beheld the pointers which were in the ball that they did work according to the faith and diligence and heed which we did give unto them. So it was a collective faith uh, uh, analysis, maybe. Oh. And oh. verse 29, and there was also written upon them a new writing which was plain to read. So it would got, it would be a very specific writing which changed from time to time, right, according to their faith. So. So yes, but, but it's interesting because if you're being evaluated as a group and you've got Nephi and Lehi in your group, like it's not them most likely, right? It's not, now we're going to get to maybe, it, maybe sometimes it was, but, right. but, but it's not them probably. And so the, it narrows it down to, well, it might be me. And I wonder if, as I think about young people and young adults, and I wonder if as they look at their friend groups, if they look at their families, and their struggles, how often we look at uh, the others in the group and point to them and say, well, it's probably them. They're probably the problem, right? It's that. Yeah. It's easy to see the problem in somebody else. But if you've got Lehi and Nephi in the group, it's probably not them. So who is it? Uh, it becomes a little bit more subjective, uh, personal subjection, right, maybe? I agree. It, you know, it, it, they're also mentioned that they have just taken wives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So their families are starting. Yeah. So I think they're learning how they're going to have to work and, be, and either be influenced or not be influenced by the people around them. Because mm-hmm. that's a great observation that it's a collective score. Sure. That's kind of what I've been going with of their faithfulness. Well, if you're a dad... Your collect, I mean, the, your spiritual family score, so to speak, sure. and you've got little kids. It's not the little kids that are bringing the average down. Right. <laughs> you know, they're not the, the outliers. It, and, and youth might be wanting to consider that, too, that as you get to learn how to work with others mm-hmm. in a friend group, in a study group for a project at school, yeah. There are going to be some things that you can't control that somebody will do, and you'll just have to kind of figure out a way to work it out or move past it or 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 manage it. Yeah, yeah. And and if the if the collective uh, the collective and aggregate uh, faith capacity will never be greater than the greatest person in the group. Yeah. Right, and so if you're always under the greatest person in the group, if you're always contributing under that level, y- y- your your total group's capacity will never be more 
than than yours for sure, but definitely not more than the guy that's doing the most, right? So, so what type of person are you? Are you the Nephi that wakes up and goes out and gets the ball, see what it says today? It's not it's not working like it should. How do I in, how do I influence that as probably one of the guys that's keeping the keeping the hole bigger, um, or or do I am I the cause of the problem? Yeah, inward looking, right? And and absolutely, and, and maybe that's. One of the things he's saying by the guilty, take yeah. that to be hard. Like, yeah. that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. It's good that you're swallowing it. Yeah. Now, now what are we going to do today? Yeah. Love it. Love it. So we keep going. Uh, so they've got, uh, they've got this uh, ball. They gather all their provisions. They're starting to gather seeds mm-hmm. um, and going into deeper into the wilderness, taking their tents and everything. The provisions, I like this line, verse 11. Uh, the provisions which the Lord had given unto us. That's Nephi's perspective, right? That, yep. That not that they made it. Not, not that, uh, you know, Laman and Lemuel will be like, Lord didn't give me anything. He sent me out here with nothing, <laughs> right? But, but yeah. Nephi's seeing it from, given from the Lord. I like that. Where, where next? Well, they, uh, speaking of provisions, they know they're going to need to eat, and it sounds like they are experienced hunters. Mm-hmm. And... They go about that quite a bit. At least Nephi does. And then he breaks his bow. Yeah. Doggone it. Mm-hmm. His brothers get angry about that, but at the same time, their, their bows aren't working either. Mm-hmm. So again, there's that collective effort. Sure. And, and Nephi could have tossed that back in their face. Yeah. What happened to your bow? Yeah, <laughs> which uh, if it were me, I, that would have been my natural man instinct to do. Mm-hmm. Instead... Nephi makes another bow, mm-hmm. makes another arrow, probably a few arrows. Out of a straight stick, it says in 23. Yeah. Okay. And says, all right, Dad, where do you go? Now, it, a very, very delicate thing happens is even the, the brothers have murmured with a broken bow situation. Mm-hmm. Even Lehi um, has had some difficulty with that. Mm-hmm. And he comes to his father and says, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go give it another shot. Uh, where would you like me to go? It's a subtle accountability reminder for Lehi. Mm-hmm. Dad, you're the leader. Like you're still the patriarch in yeah. this family. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it, that, we had a rough few days, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take another crack at it. You know, it's kind of funny that as a father, um, Occasionally that happens, at least to me, where it's end of the night, and I don't I want to go to bed, and kids are being crazy or whatever, and I've got a bunch of teenagers at this point. And, and uh, to have one of them come in to the crazy raucous as I'm trying to go to bed and say, hey, Dad, should we say family prayer? <laughs> Every part of me is like, no. <laughs> but because one of my children asked, or, or when my wife asked the same thing in the middle of my family, frustrated moment uh there is a there is a, a tender you're right it's tender yeah. it's it's gentle uh correction there i love that nephi did that i love that he did it that way too that he went and and corrected the issue by making his own bow and getting his own arrows and then he comes back to his dad and he says uh, he says i said unto my father whither shall i go to obtain food right where where what direction should i, should I go yeah. And, and Nef- Lehi has his own experience then, right? It came to pass that the voice of the Lord came unto my father, and he was truly chastened because of his murmuring against the Lord. 
So the consequence was still there, right? Yep. It, it, it wasn't, you know, we, I think we still have to go through the consequence uh, of our actions sometimes, but, um, but then he was given some direction, right? Yeah, yeah, and there we have the, the collective group again. Yeah. And a great, I mean, a great lesson by Nephi by doing that, but even sweeter lesson of Lehi repenting, being humble, yeah. understanding that he's, he still has that responsibility and, and you know, it, he even uh, is brought down to the depths of sorrow. Right. Then, then Nephi goes out, right? He's successful. So off they go. Yep. yep. Successful and uh, he says in verse 29, thus we see that by small means the Lord can bring about great things. Speaking of the ball, and that was giving them direction. Lehi went to the ball, found what direction they're supposed to go. 31, 32, they gain uh, slay beasts and uh, have food for their families and uh, they give thanks to the Lord again, I think, in there. Now, if I could start a whole nother podcast of yeah, my own, sure. I think I would title it, And Thus We See. Yeah. Those four mm -hmm. letters, and I've tagged them, I've got a little tag list going in my Book of Mormon, and. It doesn't show up that often, which makes it even more valuable. Yeah, right. I think there's like six, maybe seven appearances of, and thus we see. And, and I don't know if that was Mormon's Addition. narration uh -huh. or if Joseph went, huh, hmm. interesting. Yeah, unless we see this. Unless we see. But, man, if what a cool way for us to look at things, like say the end of the day example, mm -hmm. you know, and thus we see, well, what did I learn? What did I, what did I find out here? What was yeah. the, the number one principle or doctrine that this could be summed up as? Yeah, that, that's, that's good. It's, it's kind of the if then statement, right? We see that a, a little bit more frequently yeah. maybe in the scriptures. If this happens, then this will happen. But the thus we see is just painted so clearly for us, right? That this is, this is the outcome when this happens, right? And that's one of those, by small and simple, uh, small means, the Lord can bring great things, right? That's uh, thus we see. Absolutely. Uh, there. Okay, so that generally gets us through chapter 16. Anything else in there? They go back to murmuring. Um, they they want to kill their dad, you know, if that's sure. not a good, good well, guy, I've, necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's interesting to me, like, by the time we get to 37, that's where that comes in. Laman and Lemuel also under the sons of Ishmael. Behold, let us slay our father and also our brother Nephi. Why not just leave? I mean, like, why not just go back? Why? Not, why? <laughs> that, that's a good question. And, and I almost want to say it would be better if you just left. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's a good question. I don't know why they don't. I kind of wish they would have. Yeah. That would have changed the whole course of the, of the story. But Well, and they're kind of lying to themselves. 38. Now, he says that the Lord talks with him. And also the angels have ministered unto them. Angels literally stopped Laman and Lemuel from beating their brother up. So angels have shown up to them. They, they've literally seen it. Yeah. Um, but, but are now lying even to themselves about the, the way the righteous are. And I, there, maybe there's something there for us in our day too that, you know, I see so many people that, that get angry at the church and then vilify the church for something. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then start taking very good and righteous and um, holy people and just running through the mud for one little tiny error, a word they used in a talk that they didn't like, or 
you know, just something that that is uh, first off wrong, but but second, why? Why take the time? Why not just leave? Right? Why, yeah. why not go home? <laughs> and they you know? can they spin it too. Look yeah. at in thirty eight, like you were saying, the language they use in that second sentence. He lies. Yeah. He worketh by his cunning arts. Mm-hmm. He deceives. Mm-hmm. This is a strange wilderness. I'm like, guys, you're a couple hundred miles away from home. Like, how strange is that? Yeah. Um, but they sure do get caught up, and there's some some drama um, well, in that. And the Lord comes and He chastens them, right? Nephi doesn't even say anything. According to 39, Lord comes and just chastens them. Yeah. And after that, they kind of humble themselves again. So what does that mean? That means they're sitting there after being complainers. And the Spirit's like working on them, and they're sitting there, and they're like, oh, sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be that way, right? I mean, the, this is them going back and forth from angry to decent, you know? It's just such an interesting, interesting uh, people. They, are, they really are fascinating, and as much, and maybe if one day we get to sit down in the, in the millennium with these people in the Book of Mormon, you know, Nephi and Captain Moroni for sure, I gotta admit, it it would almost be fascinating to sit down with them and say, all right, guys, what? And just, you'd quickly get a feel for who mm-hmm, they are. Mm-hmm. And then you'd probably be like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. That's all I want to talk to you about. Yeah. But they really are fascinating in, in what they put together with angelic visits. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when they just go crazy. crazy. Well, and, and there's a little bit of an, uh, a nod to part of this chastening. <laughs> the end of 39 says, The Lord did bless us again with food, that we did not perish. <laughs> yeah. So maybe a little nod to, and part of the chastening was we didn't have any food to eat because we were, they were being wicked, and, right? And, and, and so this, maybe the humbling comes in that like, okay, maybe I need to start, stop doing that, and then I'll right. get food again. So how simpleton they may have been, right? It's, it's as simple as take some food away and they'll repent, yeah. give them food, and they'll act like fools again. You know? yeah. Okay, so that's clear through 16. Takes in 17. Anything in 17 we should, we should not miss? Uh, yeah, I think, in my humble opinion, 17 might be the pivotal Nephi moment. Yeah. Uh, my wife grew up going to the Oregon coast. Mm-hmm. I had not, I had not seen the ocean until night, you know, 2007, mm-hmm. when we first went there. And we go to Seaside, Oregon, and it's beautiful and it's cold at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I sat on the beach and I went, this is the biggest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. How in the world could somebody build something with their own two hands <laughs> Load up their kids and say, let's go. Yeah, having never built any boat, anything that like floated. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jerusalem is, is, is inland yeah. quite a ways. There's, there's not even a, a thought. Maybe, maybe as far as 2,100 miles, according to some research. Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe Nephi has seen it. Maybe he's seen Galilee or he's seen the Dead Sea. So he's seen big bodies of water. But, but I think what happens is we... We see something in Nephi that I feel is the, one of the most character-defining elements. Yeah. Is Nephi, when he is told to build a boat, he thinks past the difficulty. Mm-hmm. And he goes straight into the next few steps. When he gets that, 
that direction. Go build the boat. Yeah. <laughs> he says, all right. Where do I get the ore? Wh where's the ore? He's already thought about, I mean, if you, if you reverse it, yeah. he's like, well, let's see. Ore means tools. Yeah. I'm going to have tools to get the, the lumber or whatever material that they were using. And then the design of it and the... <laughs> How big and the mass and how's it going to fit everybody? And I guess they got animals with them and they got supplies. <laughs> He's gone clear through all that. He's gone clear through all of that, and he goes straight to. Okay, where do we get the ore? And and there, that is a huge, I feel again, character element for Nephi that he thinks past difficulties. Mm -hmm. And there's not a. Not a single iota of this might not work. Yeah, right. I had mentioned earlier I had taken some young men out to Gowan Field on a, yeah, yeah, on yeah. a activity, and we yeah, this were is actually really cool. Before we hit record, we started talking about this, and and uh, I think it paints this picture perfectly. Yeah, and and you've probably you probably know some guys like this where we were uh, looking at tanks, mm -hmm. legit awesome tanks, yeah. and. One of my boys was a little bit of a know-it-all, a little sarcastic, and he made a comment like, is this, is this good? You know, is this a good machine? Or, or something like that. Can you just take a Panzer? Yeah. <laughs> and one of the guys there said, absolutely. Hmm. We will go and we will neutralize the threat hmm. and we will come home victorious. Hmm. There was not a single waver in his voice. There was not a single, ah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Not a, we'll do our best. Mm -hmm. And and there's thousands of men and women that, that have that mindset. Yeah. Thankfully, the military or first responders of, we're going to go, we're going to fulfill the, the objective, yeah. and we're going to come home. Yeah. And I think Nephi's got that same mindset where you got a boat, no problem. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. It, consider it done. There's also something to the way we write, right? That that when you write in your journal, you don't you most of the time you don't write your equivocations and your you know wander, waverings and things like that. But 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 the way he's writing this doesn't indicate that that ever existed in him, and that he had learned the I will go concept yeah. so many years ago that now it's just okay. I, I can do that. Well, I don't know how, but I can do that. So tell me how. Right, right, and and I. The more I looked at this, and it kind of gets into, as he starts to build it, his brother's like, seriously? Yeah, right. And then from, gosh, let's see, from verse 17 to the end of that ch chapter, he expounds every time the Lord did something incredible. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's, he's a student. Mm-hmm. Because he can recall these things, but he, he's also good at the application. Yeah. He's like, I've studied the Lord, and I can think of a hundred different times where the Lord provided a miracle. Yeah. And they're a lot bigger than this. Yeah. So I've studied it, so I'm confident that way, and now I'm in the application mode of, hey, I get to be part of that club. Well, and it's interesting, and I love the analogy you gave before we hit record, too, that, that when somebody gets a calling... Um, you hit the problems in your mind first, right? Uh -huh. you'd, you'd said if, if somebody gives a calling to, uh, to be the ward chorister, right? Conduct, sure. conduct music in Sacrabee. The, the problems 
come to mind first, right? Like, uh, I don't know how to conduct, or I don't like standing up in front of people, I get nervous standing in the, at the front, or whatever the issues yeah. might be, right? Nephi doesn't do that. Nephi looks at the issue and then looks past the issues to the, to the outcome, right? Nephi sees promised lands on the other side of the ocean. In order for me to get to the other side of the ocean, there are problems that I have to solve now, but the other side of the ocean is the objective. Not build a boat, not find a tool. It's, it's get to the other side of the ocean. So yeah. I need to work through the problems of not being able to conduct or stand my, my uh, anxiety of standing up in front. And those challenges will get me to not only get to where I want to be, but get me to become what I want to become. And ultimately, Nephi's, maybe all the things we're talking about here is Nephi's capacity to think celestial, right? It literally is think beyond the issue right now to what the outcomes of, uh, of these experiences will turn you into and will be in, in long term. Yeah, we even see the prophet doing something similar. Uh, I mean, certainly think celestial, but you know, he will introduce a, a policy or make a change or say, hey, we're going to gather Israel. Mm -hmm. is, gathering Israel is our objective. It's yeah. what the Lord wants. The logistics are minor. Yeah. I mean, we might think of, oh, that means I got to figure <laughs> out, do I go to the gathering Israel class? Right. Is it on Tuesday or Thursday? Which spot? Yeah, I which don't location know. should I go to? No, you, 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 are, you are building the kingdom. Yeah. So... Keep that objective in mind. And the details will work it out. And you'll have to figure out some things. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that the Lord cares. Uh, cares is the wrong word. I don't know that the Lord gets too involved in the choices that we need to make there, right? Especially no. if, if it, uh, it mattereth not is a, verse, is a line that he uses in the Doctrine and Covenants a couple of times. And I think to some, to some degree, sometimes the things that we equivocate over and we worry about really kind of matters not. It's just get there, do the thing that you've been asked to do. I love just the end of this. Uh, it's not the end of it. It's kind of in the middle of it. First uh, Nephi 17, maybe in 20, 1920 through 22, his brothers start saying things that Nephi can't do, right? We know that you couldn't construct a ship. We know that we're lacking the judgment. We know that uh, our father's a fool, led away by the foolish imaginations of his mind. Uh, we've suffered in the will. We know all this stuff, right? The, the idea that wicked people who choose wrong can look at righteous people and judge them for righteous actions oh. is so crazy. <laughs> it, it's almost absurd. It really is that, that those that, and it, it goes back to the guilty taketh the truth to be hard. It is so much easier to point to someone who's doing good, who's doing right, and find fault with them, yeah. which makes you feel better about you, right? It's, it's just so interesting that, that, that they spend so much time, and then Nephi's response is, yeah, you, you know this stuff, you know that I couldn't build a ship. You also knew that the children of Israel were in bondage and they were let out. You also knew, and he goes through like six different things in 25 to 29 that you also know, and this is how the Lord handled it. So that you know these few things that you think you know, <laughs> you don't know anything, right? Right. It's so cool. And then, and then we get to 33. Now, do you suppose that the children of this land who were in the land of promise, who were driven out by their fathers, do you suppose that they were righteous? Behold, I say unto you, nay. The, do you suppose that our fathers would have been more choice 
than they, if they had been righteous, I say unto you, nay, behold, the Lord esteemeth all flesh in one. He that is righteous is favored of God. But behold, this people hath rejected every word of God. So he's speaking of Jerusalem. He's like, this is not, these people haven't been saved because they're righteous. They've been saved because God promised them that some things would happen. And yeah. you and I have been promised, we're going to the promised land. I know that because yeah. I know they were saved. And this is a promise been given to us. And uh, it, again, speaks to Nephi's faith, his capacity to just believe and, and then go and do, right? He does. So cool. It, it, yeah, it, it really is a incredible, confident yeah. move. And, and that we see it from, hey, Nephi, we gotta get out of town, to gotta go back, gotta build the boat, yeah. gotta sail. Yeah. You know, building it's one thing, you know, navigating it is, is a whole other thing. And that's in the next chapter. Yeah. Just, just before we go there, because I want to go there. Uh, he says in 41, speaking of the children of Israel and wandering through the wilderness and whatnot, he says, speaking of the Lord, he did straighten them in the wilderness with his rod. <laughs> I, lo I just love that idea. That, oh, I like that. For they had hardened their hearts, even as ye have, and the Lord straightened them because of their iniquity. Straightened. How, well, what does that mean? Well, the, the next line is he gave them flying, flying serpents among them after they were bitten, prepared the way that they could look. Right. I mean, how does the Lord correct the wicked? He straightens them up. He gives them hard stuff. And uh, and, and maybe some of Nephi's hard experiences in the wilderness had 100 percent to do with his brother's experience needing to be straightened. Yeah. Needing well, maybe corrected. that's maybe that's why they don't split. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Laman and Lemuel stick around just to help yeah. teach Nephi. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Nephi calls them murderers in their hearts in 44 and then says, Ye have heard his voice from time to time, and he has spoken unto you in, in a still small voice, but ye were past feeling. Oh. Right? That you've gotten so far, you're willing to kill your dad and me. Yeah, do you understand? Just, how far have you gone? How that's gonna, how that's gonna come back and haunt you? Yeah, yeah. I was in middle school. I was on a school bus headed down to Mountain Home huh. to do a football game, huh. and one of the guys on the you know it's a yellow school bus. Right. Cool. You you try to sleep and it doesn't work, yeah, and no. <laughs> a guy woke up with his leg numb and he's smacking. He's like, "Oh, guys, my leg's numb. I don't even feel it." So sure enough, <laughs> one guy after another just went, let me try, and smacked it, smacked it. And I, I might have contributed to that too. <laughs> and by the time we pulled up to, to the football game and we're doing our warm-ups, he's limping. Mm -hmm. And then he can't walk, and he lifts up his football pants, and his leg is just black and blue. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh. So I did, it did, I, you didn't did feel that. anything then, <laughs> yeah. but you feel it now. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, so we get into 18. The ship is finished. Um, says in uh, verse 2, I did build it after the manner which the Lord had shown unto me. Wherefore, it was not after the manner of men. And I, Nephi, did go into the mount oft, and I did pray oft unto the Lord. Wherefore, the Lord showed unto me great things. He goes in and says, okay, how do I, how do I get this beam connected? <laughs> How do I make it yeah. waterproof? All the, all the questions that a non-shipbuilder would have had. Yeah. And the Lord just taught him how to do it. 
and and how do I navigate it? Like, yeah, we use stars, right? Stars yeah. is is that how we're gonna do it? Or yeah, we got the Liahona. Oh yeah, all right, we yeah. got the Liahona too. And, yeah, and how about how long is this gonna take? So how much fruit, meat, honey, seeds? Yep. Do we need? Right. The animals are with us. Yeah. How do we clean that up? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Although, and, and so, and so maybe this is where some of the logistics sort of take place, sure. but but they come pretty smoothly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they it just references uh, the the birth of their uh, brother Jacob and Joseph in the wilderness that had happened while they were there. Uh, Ishmael also had uh, their wives began to take themselves merry. They get on the boat. Everybody's kind of acting the fool. Yep. Because now they're on this happy boat that, that floats and their families are going to be safe and they're going to the promised land. How happy and excited is everybody? So that's where it starts, right? It starts in this jovial space and then it goes awry. It does. Nephi is bound with cords and funny, the compass stops working. Hey, interesting. Wow, what's your <laughs> faithful levelness score now, guys? Um, because of that, there's a storm. It looks like about four days and 14, it says we finally, we're actually getting pushed back. And it, I think that's what it takes for Laman and Lemuel to realize, you know what? Maybe that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that in verse 15, they came unto me and they loosed the bands which were upon my wrists. So they don't, they realize, wait a minute, maybe it wasn't good. They don't totally cut him free, I'm, I'm, I suppose. But they, they loosed him maybe so he could move or maybe so they're just kind of feeling out the Lord, what's it going to take for this to go better? Um, Interesting, when, when they loose his bands, his... Uh, it says in, in 15, Behold, they had swollen exceedingly his wrists and his ankles. And also my ankles were much swollen, and great was the soreness thereof. So he's got this just, you know, 15 days of being tied up on a boat that's being thrown around in the ocean. You'd be, you'd be pretty sore. What's the first thing he, do? he does? Verse 16, Nevertheless, I did look unto my God, and I did praise him all the day long, and I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions. Man. Right? That's incredible. No kidding. The minute I was loosed, I would start swinging. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But that's, but, but that's Nephi. Nephi goes straight to the Lord. Yeah. And, and, and his dad and his mom and others that were on Nephi's side had been arguing for Nephi's release throughout the, the 15 days there, but they did breathe out much threatenings against anyone that should speak for me. Um, and and uh, did not soften their hearts um, that they'd lose him. So, so no matter what was going on, Laman and Lemuel were, and those that followed him at this point, were holding on to their, their faith, their lack of faith, and, and what they thought they would get out of that. And we, we got to also keep in mind, they're in a very confined yeah. spot. Yeah. Because I've thought of that too. It's like, why don't they just, I mean, it's Laman and Lemuel. There's probably more on Nephi's side. Sure. sure. You know, like in, in Bug's life. Why don't they just team up and gang up on yeah. them and tie them up? Yeah. Well, that's not really the way the Lord works. Yeah. You know, so they've got to, 
again, we got the collective group. Yeah. Like, all right, let's try to bring this around because we're, yeah, we're on a boat. You'd think that at some point they'd have learned this concept, right? I mean, e even just to tying up Nephi. Go back to the wilderness where you tied Nephi up. What happened? Well, the, the bands got loose then. Right, yeah. so they loosen up his bands. He's a little bit looser here. He can he can feel it. Why are you standing there thinking that you're going to be able to tie this guy up? You've never been able to before. You've had issues with him before, and so now his his family is fighting in Laman and Lemuel. Everybody's kind of disagreeing. They're in this tight, confined quarters. And then in verse twenty, there was nothing save were the power of God which threatened them with destruction. Right, that's that you don't get any food. <laughs> Again, right. right? But I'm going to kill you is the, is the destruction now. That, that's the thing that softened their heart. They saw that they were about to be swallowed up in the depths of the sea. Again, this is a, this is a uh, Paul on the, <laughs> on the boat uh, heading to, oh, yes. right? Where, where right. everybody's like, what's going to happen? We're going to die. And he's like, well, or it's the apostles with Christ, right? Why are yeah. you sleeping? There's a giant storm. The, the only thing that gets them to look to the Savior is that they're afraid they're going to die. Right. Yeah. How, how how far gone do you have to be? Well, <laughs> maybe not to that. See far. death. Yeah, to see death as the as the alternative to being a halfway decent person. I hope I don't get to that point. Right. Uh, yeah. Good note. Good note there. Yeah. So, let's, so, so finally, they go loose him. Right. They they're the ones that loosen him up and let him free. And what does this? What does he do immediately? It came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord. And after I had prayed, the winds did cease and the storm did cease and there was a great calm. Why on earth would you ever not just follow Nephi any, again after that? You just calmed the sea because you said a prayer after 15 days. They <laughs> must be beyond feeling. Right? <laughs> That's no the kidding. only explanation they can think of. Yeah. Is how are you not connecting these dots, you two? You know, and, and <clears throat> I don't know, maybe I'm thinking forward a little bit here, but... The correlation and, and the application to me in this is sometimes there are people in our lives who are past feeling, who are at a place where you have to cut them loose. You have to say, um, <clears throat> until you feel again, I can't, oh. I can't just keep slugging you in the leg making you try to feel, right? It, it, and, uh, and, and, and until you are on your own feeling, <clears throat> there may be a time where we need to separate and we need to be in That's different places. Boundary. Yeah, and yep. draw that line. Yeah. And, uh, it's sad. It's very sad. But, but ultimately, Laman and Lemuel aren't going to fix themselves. No matter what the Lord does, he's not going to fix them. How many times do they keep seeing miracles being around Nephi and they never claim it as such? They, they claim it. What did they say earlier? They called it like his... his the, conniving ways or whatever yeah, it was, right? They, yeah, that, that same language where they yeah, spin it. Yeah. Um, and that's just what they're doing here. There's no other way around it. And, and I think in our world today, there are many who spin what the prophets and apostles say into stuff that's not what they're meaning. And it allows them to continue to be angry and continue, continue to be uh, set apart. Set aside. Unfortunately, that's the case. So then we get uh, we get off the boat. We've got records. We're uh, keeping records, um, and uh, they're they're. Uh, what 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 in nineteen twenty ish? Do you want to well, focus on there? Anything there that we ought to look this, at? This this one struck me just this morning as I was preparing for this. I looked at it. <clears throat> if you've got yes, he 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 makes plates of ore, but that's Nephi making stuff. Yeah. We we've we've discussed that. 
If you've got somebody like Lehman and Lemuel, what would be the best thing to start teaching them? Oh, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would probably that would, work. That would work. <laughs> Not, you know, he doesn't pull out the primary manual, which is right. probably what they where they need to start. But yeah, you know, he he actually here in verse ten in uh, nineteen. This is a real treat. He mentions. He starts mentioning prophets, um, probably because he's about to start doing some writing himself. Mm -hmm. And maybe at this point he realizes, you know, my dad is is gone, or is he gone by now? I don't think he's died yet. Okay, but but he he realizes the baton's about to be passed to, yep, yep. to pass to him, and he's realizing he may have to take that prophetic load on himself. And he starts in verse ten. He mentions Zenoch, Neum, mm -hmm. yep. and Zenos. Mm -hmm. Those are three prophets that. Their names, I think, only appear right here. in the Book of Mormon. That's right. Zenic. But they're referenced as... Might have been mentioned somewhere else. Yeah, they're referenced as prophets that um, were e e Egypt... I don't know whether they were Egyptian prophets that came out of that. But they're refer he's referencing them right in line with... Uh, the children of Israel coming out and being preserved, and yep. um, and uh, you know he's talking about Jacob, he's talking about Isaac, he's talking about old prophets here, and uh, and I think that's maybe interesting. We've got uh, Zenus in uh, chapter ten that um, you know we we can read a little bit more about in Jacob chapter yep. five and chapter six. Oh, Helaman, right? We get a little bit more in there. Um, but but ultimately, speaking of people that we don't know a lot about, other than what we learned about in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, and so that's a little a little uh, teaser, so yeah, to speak. Right. Some other people that maybe one day we'll get sealed records, more of their like yeah, more of their stuff. They're going to have just a little sample of of Zenus and the olive tree allegory, which is epic. I mean, that is the, a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks Nephi for dropping some cool names there. But by by twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I did read unto them which was written by the prophet Isaiah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and but the reason he does it, verse twenty three, I did liken all scriptures unto us that yeah. it might be for our profit and learning. So he's gonna not, he's gonna use Isaiah and say this is just like us. You know what Isaiah is <laughs> right. talking about? That's just like us. It's what's going on. All right. And, and that's kind of a fun way to look at how Isaiah was uh, uh, wrote, right? That. That our day, his day, Nephi's day, whatever day, it all works. It all fits. It all ties in, right? And and you know what? Maybe this is the this is a good thing to to put after we've talked about Nephi's mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and and in the last couple chapters, 21, 22, now here comes the Isaiah stuff. Mm -hmm. There is a a scene in Top Gun Maverick. Okay, I'm excited. Where he <laughs> he walks in the very first day to teach these these pilots. Yeah, and they got their mission objective. They know what they need to do, and he walks in. I guess it's the owner's manual uh -huh. of the F-18 Hornet, uh -huh. and he holds it up and he goes, "This is everything we know about uh -huh. this plane." He says, ironically, it's everything that the enemy knows. Yeah, and he drops it in the trash, and he says, "I want you to forget everything you know." about this plane. We are gonna do it different. You're gonna learn new things about it. You're gonna see things it can do that you were told it can't do. Hmm. 
And that's the mindset that he starts his pilots with as they train for this mission. Sure. And here we are again with that militaristic mindset. When we get into chapters 21 and 22, and then 23, 24, 25, all the way to 28 or something like that, um, this is the slog mm -hmm. that members of the church get into where they go, oh, there's the Isaiah stuff. Yeah. I, I say we took that, that maverick slash Nephi approach and not buy in to you can't understand Isaiah is going to be tough. Yeah, no. Uh, as we move into 2024, I would love to just say, you know what? Forget everything yeah. that old guy told you about I, that Isaiah is so right. tricky. Yeah. And let's just take the mindset of, I'm going to own this. Yeah, I, I love that. I, there's a couple of places in here where um, the, it's very clear. I mean, and, and maybe there's... Maybe there's some poetic language and things that, that gets a little muddy a little bit here and there. I think if we go back and we read uh, First and Second Kings, we really can understand what Isaiah was living around, which, yeah. which directly applies to what Nephi was probably referencing in, in the children of Israel and whatnot. But, so there is some historical study that may help you understand uh, the, the book of Isaiah and the writings of Nephi here. But there's some stuff that's pretty clear. If I, if I just jump to chapter 20, verse 18, Oh, that thou hadst hearkened unto my commandments. Then had they, thy peace been like a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Skip to 20. Go ye therefore, Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing. Declare ye, tell this utter to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. I mean, like, this is pretty clear that, that yeah. <laughs> you know, that there's not a lot that is that is super confusing if you're reading it and thinking and processing and trying to liken it. That, you know, and we kind of did the same thing with Revelations, yeah. where if you just read a line, yep. think, what could this be represent? Where else has yeah. Babylon been mentioned? Is Babylon good or bad? It's yeah. bad, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, get away from that. Or, and, and it doesn't take too much thinking to go, oh. Oh, maybe that. Okay, that's what it means. And, and the maybe that is okay, right? That, that, that I read it and that the Spirit's like, well, what about, well, maybe it's this for you. Sure. And sure, it's Isaiah. It's Isaiah. It's okay that it maybe is this and maybe it's that. It's, it's back to 1923 where he likened the scriptures unto us. And if you're not likening it to your circumstance and to your experience, then you're kind of missing the point. Um, if I skip to 21, verse 14, Behold, Zion has said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and the Lord hath forgotten me, but he will show that he has not. Right? This idea that, like, I don't know this, and it, God doesn't talk to me like he does to you. And if you, if you walk in with a little bit of faith, recognizing, okay, God, what I know about God is that he wants me to learn, and he wants yes. me to become like him. What I know about the Savior is he's perfectly merciful to my lack of understanding. If I walk in with that much faith, I might think and feel like, I don't understand Isaiah, but he will show you that you can. Yes. Right? You just need to Absolutely. walk in and slow it down and not just blow through it and, and try. Make, him, make an effort. I, Isaiah must be like the college professor <laughs> that assigns an essay, uh -huh. but he doesn't tell you how many pages. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, how many pages should this be? How many do you think it needs to right. be? Yeah. Well, keep working until you flesh out your argument. Yeah. And then the student's like, oh my goodness, would you just give me, right. tell me what it is. I just want to know. And, the, and here's Isaiah going, 
think through it. Yeah. Develop your thought. Make a good argument. And that's, I think, what Isaiah does. He's like, yeah. whatever it takes for you to get this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really a nice way of saying that. And and probably, um, well, maybe can I read one other verse? Chapter twenty-one, Absolutely. verse twenty. The children whom thou shalt have, after thou hast lost the first, shall again in thine eye, thine ears say, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then thou shalt say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children, and am desolate, a captive, removed to and fro, and who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where have they been? Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. This idea that we think we know, right? My children have been taken. My, my all is, woe is me. And then all of a sudden I'm going to have that and more again. And I can turn to the Lord and look and see this really awesome thing coming out of it is the whole concept that trial, that's the whole issue that Nephi is trying to get his brothers to see, that trials are part of God's plan, that when you go through them with faith, you come out the other side and recognize the Lord's hand all over it if you're willing to look at it. Otherwise, you come out the other side and you're like, man, that was horrible. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Right. And then you're just right. going to turn around and deal with it again because you didn't learn it, right? Right. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to, uh, to, to look at Isaiah, to look at every time that Nephi brings up Isaiah. That's his whole purpose, um, and to help them, uh, help them get a little stronger. And maybe, maybe that's Nephi teaching us his mindset. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that's him going, this is what I studied, and this is what I learned so that I, that's how I learned to be who I am. Who I am. How about you guys try it too? Yeah, so that concept we were talking about earlier, right? That the idea of thinking celestial or thinking past the problem to the solution and the outcomes of the problem um, and what he will become yeah. is this is the process he went through. Yeah. Read, study, um, liken the scriptures to your life, apply the, the circumstances you have to the circumstances of prophets of old and people of old, and then look forward past the problem. Was it Jamie Escalante from, oh, it was, it was um, Southern California School, somewhere in L.A. He was the math teacher mm -hmm. that taught this remedial uh, class of students, and he decided to teach them calculus mm. uh, back in the mid '80s. Mm. And these were kids that were kids on the street. These were gang members. These were kids that tough, tough that had little if, if any hope of leaving that neighborhood, sure. and probably ended up in jail or worse. And he said, "I'm going to teach calculus. Mm. It's not stand and deliver. It's something else." But mm. and. And everybody went, you're nuts. Mm. And he's like, maybe. Maybe. But if you know calculus, like that's going to open up so many doors for you. Mm. And with object lessons and with a lot of concept learning and, and things like that, this classroom of at-risk youth learned calculus. Mm. And their future was 
incredible. They became something yeah. they would never become if they stayed on that same track. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool, and, and it, it makes me think, when you study Isaiah, when you study these chapters, stop just reading it and thinking you're going to get it. Study yeah. it. Go yeah. back. Go, go back and study where Isaiah was living. Go find a resource, an institute manual or a seminary manual even, and look to what have, have, has been already been said by prophets and apostles, by other teachers in the church. You're, you're, you don't have to do it alone. Why, why would you think you should do it alone? That's not the way of the Lord oh, absolutely. ever. absolutely, yeah. We've, right? got, we've got so many more resources today than we've ever had. But, but what happens is we get reading, and I've got to cover five chapters this week, and so I'm going to read a chapter a day like I always do, but these ones are harder, and I don't have as much time, and so then I just blow through them. I just read them again, and then I'm like, I didn't understand it any differently. Slow down, slow down. And maybe you get a little behind in your Come Follow Me block, but the rest of the Book of Mormon's a, a, a story. You'll figure it out. You'll, yeah. you'll get there, right? Yeah. So slow down in Isaiah and, and try to understand a little differently. You'll, you'll be blessed. Absolutely. You'll see the Savior a lot um, if, you, if you'd look for him in Isaiah. Uh, I think that's a, a central component. And I think you'll, just to add one thing to that, I think you will learn some things about Jesus Christ that you have not seen before. Mm -hmm. You'll learn some new things about him mm -hmm. in this relationship. Again, we, we kind of had that experience with Revelations. Mm -hmm. We had the invitation of, this book is so different, you might see Christ in a different way. Yeah. And you certainly will do it in Isaiah. You're going to, if not the elevated academic you know, demands that this has, sure. But there might be a, a breakthrough moment here in Isaiah that you've been avoiding or you've yeah. been rushing past. Yeah. And uh, as you said, slow down and even, even if all, that. Yeah, even if all you do is look for the characteristics of Christ as you read the stories. Because uh -huh. Christ is spoken of all the time. So I'll give you an example. 22 verse 12. Wherefore, he will bring them out of, the, out of captivity and they shall be gathered together to the lands of their inheritance. And they shall be brought out of obscurity and out of darkness. And they shall know that the Lord is the Savior and their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. So what do I learn about Christ? Well, I know that Christ wants to gather those that are want, want to be gathered. Yep. Even those that are obscure, even those that don't find a place, that don't fit. Absolutely. That don't feel like they belong. So if that's true about Christ, what is the characteristic about Christ? Well... To me, Christ loves all of his brothers and sisters, all of them, whether they fit the world's mold or not. So if I'm a person who is reading this and feeling like I don't fit into my ward, well, I've just learned from the Savior, he wants me to be gathered to him, yeah. not to my ward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it would be great if everybody in my ward loved me and I got along with everybody, but, but if not, the Savior wants me to be, he wants to be my Savior, my Redeemer. And, and I, I don't know, I guess I just, it's one verse. Pick yeah, one verse and you learn right. how much about the Savior. You can spend all day long studying yeah. that about the Savior. Thanks, Isaiah. Yeah, right? And, and yet we blow through it because I don't know what he's talking about. And I get to the next verse and it's about the, the abominable, great and abominable church. Oh, no, what's that? I have no idea, right? So uh, right. We, we get ourselves lost. Christ is all over that. That would be the mindset to have in 2024 yeah. as we get into the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And I think if we did it with Isaiah here, we would do it with other hmm. principles and doctrines of the scriptures yeah. and of the gospel. Yeah. Whether it be the gathering of Israel, like we mentioned, or whether it be 
oh, uh, temple covenants, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, we go so quick, and, and I, I don't quite understand the temple. Okay, well. Go again. Go again. Study it. Think about there's it. Only, there's, and that's the beauty of it. There's only one way to study the temple right. is by go being there. Right. Um, it, I mean, it, it blows the doors open of new things that you can learn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that I think most of us try to read Isaiah is historically. What does this mean? What is the, what is the context of, the, of Isaiah? How do, I, how do I know what he's talking about? But why? Why do we do it that way? Can't we look for characteristics of Christ? Couldn't we look for the Father's hand in our life? Couldn't we look for how is the gathering working? How does that, how does that play into this? I mean, there's a hundred different things we could look at and just pick one topic and read Isaiah looking for that. Sure. And, and man, however you, however you choose to do it, I just hope that we will all look for Christ especially, but, but look for what Isaiah can teach you that's relevant to your life. That, that's, uh, that's it. So he does a couple of chapters here and then he takes a break and comes back in. Right. He does. But uh, but we'll let we'll let that be another time. Uh, Brother Smith, this has been fantastic. I uh, just appreciate the conversation with you and, and your uh, studied nature. I, I just appreciate having you as a colleague before uh, before we close. Would you share with us uh, a thought? Um, you know, you've you've worked with young adults, te teenagers for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, what uh, what if you could share something with them that if you could kind of force it on them and they. You know, become Satan for a minute. <laughs> right. What, uh, what, what would you say that would that would assist them the most? What would you, what would you counsel? Well, I appreciate that. It has been a fun opportunity to do this. This is year number twenty-five. Is it really? For me. Good for you. And <clears throat> a lot of lot of changes, a lot of lot of different things going on. But I think there's one thing that is consistent that I would love the youth and young adults to understand is they are a part of a kingdom. Hmm. You know, churches, whether you want to call it church or gospel or whatever, but, th but this, is, this is more than just two hours on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, churches is, or, or 90 minutes at seminary. Sure. The, the gospel is the biggest thing in the universe, the biggest thing that's ever been created. Yeah. And, and it's timeless and it, it's infinite. The atonement covers everybody and, and, and they're a part of it. And I hope they see themselves as in the right context of princes and princesses. Because yeah. they are heirs to some pretty big stuff. And, and they're in the ground, like, they're in the, in the covenant. Yeah. And so their potential is to become like our heavenly parents. I, I hope that they see themselves that way. I hope that they have that expectation of themselves. Mm -hmm. They should. I hope they see that potential in other people yeah. as well. And I hope that they strive to do that. And if they could just think of the amount of blessings that lay ahead of them. I, I hope that would help them hang in there during struggles, during, yeah. during if their testimony is being, you know, put through the grind, yeah. that they understand that they are part of something bigger than they could ever realize. Yeah, it's, it's thinking like Nephi. It's think past the problem. 
think eternal, yeah. think celestial, right? Get, yeah. get, get, get past the, the right now. Yeah. And, and be part of something much, much bigger, much bigger. Absolutely. That, that would be my, my invitation and, and wow. my, my rant. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Brother, will you come back and do this again with us? Absolutely. This was fun. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you soon. Thank you.